Hey guys, it's Christine Lakin. We are back with part two with Damon Pampolina from the Mickey Mouse Club and the party. This one is a doozy. He discusses the end of the party, all the crazy stuff the Mouseketeers used to get into, and that infamous flight on the Concorde, you know, back when we could fly. Enjoy. The worst moments of our life. Hey girl, hey, that's bad. Uh, so speaking of like worst ever experiences. That is the worst ever. I don't feel so good. How bad can it be? And <laughs> we feel the pain is best or funny. Also, with, with if I can interrupt, with the party, the music-wise, what was happening with the music uh, industry was it was starting to turn into grunge. It's when the grunge phenomenon happened. So here you have this pop group that's you know doing their albums, and then this grunge, this whole grunge movement starts. So it was sort of like. They were. They never got the chance to like explode. If that makes any sense, the timing was always wrong with the party. It was yeah. just. It was at the end of the new kids era, right at the tail end of it, right. And the begin and it started. You know, they had a couple of hits like "Summer Vacation," which is one of Damon's songs, and that launched the show. The launched the the group, but it, the timing was always off with that group. And I don't. I never. And also the there was a control issue within the group and with the management you guys wanted to do your own thing and create and they wanted to produce and say we know you know the trajectory was it was just off at all times wouldn't you agree yes and and uh we couldn't get we couldn't get on MTV at the time to save our lives and we were begging and pushing and then flash cut to, let's say, three years later, MTV became pop central. This was Britney, you know, uh, hit me, baby, one more time and all that. Like then it, MTV became pop world. It was amazing. It was amazing. Right. But I was right. Nirvana came in and crushed pop music at the time that we were trying to uh, break. And then a short three years later, Backstreet, NSYNC, Britney, all that pop stuff exploded. It was off by about three years. Yeah. It changed really quickly. It changed really quickly. I think, too, that's kind of the, the gangster rap era, uh, and it got a little too real and too scary. And then, oh, let's go back to that cute little pop music thing. I think that played a part in that movement, too. And then the timing for Britney. You know, she gets off the show. She's uh, cut her teeth now uh, with performing, and she's maturing. And then you know the rest of that story, right? Mm -hmm. Exploded. Exploded. So I have, you know, again, there's some regret there of, wow, what, what would have happened if we would have stuck it there, if I would have hung in there another two years, three years. And like I said, now that I'm older, two and a half years is nothing. 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 It took a New Kids on the Block, I think, four years before they really exploded. But I, I think it goes back to the Mouse Club and the way that you guys were handled and the way you worked, the amount of hours and schedule-wise, it sort of, and then right from that to the party, there was no break. The party just transitioned. Like, in your head, I mean, like you said, you did how many shows in a year and a half, two years? 150. Yeah. That's so too much. That's too much for too anyone. Much. So what, what, what probably was only a two or three years felt like 10 to you. Yeah. You you're know? right. That's a good point. And being younger, you know, the reference of yeah. a year when you're younger. Um, and listen, in two and a half years, I think we did four albums, seven, eight tours, six tours, um, Europe twice, Asia. 
And now I understand the business and that's what you do. You've got to push. You have to push and get it out there. And then once you get it out there, you can't stop either. Like I look at the I mean, carries and stuff like those artists, they're machines. Those, those guys right. are machines. Yeah. I mean, a lot I mean, might be wearing a wig for two and a half years. <laughs> I know. Might be wearing that same wig. We don't know. We might. We might be. Don't say it because I don't have the products for this thing. It's synthetic. <laughs> uh, I mean, Christine, how many episodes a season did you guys do of Step by Step? Twenty-two to twenty-four. And that was it. Yeah, but we worked from like July to February. We would work for three weeks, and then we'd take a week off. So it was three weeks out of the year. And even like at some point we got it, our weeks were four days. We were 12 days a month. That's not a lot. Right. <laughs> so, so it was a totally different, that's why they shot it in Florida. Um, right. And then, yeah. hey, Damon, real quick, will you tell the Concord story? Because I think it's amazing. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one too. And I got another worst ever for you if you want another airplane story. I think you know which one I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I'll hear it all. Um, we are depart. We are departing out of Long Beach, California. We are headed to London, and um, we're trying to hurry up and get there for an interview on the BBC. We we leave out of Long Beach. We touch back down, like we go up. We come right back down for an airplane malfunction. Right, they're having issues. Stay the night. Take off the next day. Now we go from California to New York. The pilot didn't want to fly over the Atlantic, so he lands in New York. So now we're two days behind. And our manager at the time went up to British Airways and said, look, I don't know what you need to do, but this group is now two days behind. They're going to London, and they're, I don't think you want them telling the BBC they're late because of British Airways. So what are you going to do? And next thing I know, we are now getting on the Concorde. Um <laughs> Such a crazy twist of fate because as a kid, I was so fascinated with that plane. I thought that that thing was just incredible. Yeah. So um, it flies in its own airspace. It, I think, was doing Mach 3, and it's so high that one side of the plane was day and one side was night. Like you could see the difference in the change of time, you know. Um, and it made it to London in three hours from there. Yeah. As opposed to, uh, you know, like I think it's supposed to be a nine hour flight. But what's really great that I think Allah will appreciate is my beautiful little Texas mom was on that plane. <laughs> he's, he's stealing anything and everything she can get her hands on. The safety card, silverware. She's like putting shit in her purse. You know, she's like, oh, they don't want this. I can take that. Uh, you walk off the plane with all this crap in the purse. Uh, and to this day, we have the safety card. From that, what is it with me stealing stuff off of airplanes? This is hilarious. Now that I know it's, it runs in the family, it totally Cause does. Because I, I, I remember the the last when I saw Ginger, her his mom's name is Ginger Pampolita. Uh, the next time I saw Ginger, uh, Filipina, if you're nasty, right? Uh, <laughs> the Ginger, she was showing me the silverware from the Concorde, and I was so jealous because I always wanted to fly the Concorde. <sighs> By the way, the ginger's, ban- ginger's banana pudding is one of my favorite recipes. Mama can put down some banana pudding. Go but ahead. We, we looked, we had a hairdresser with us with hair that looks like Allah's wig right now. And I'm not kidding. Brent Levette. Follow him on Instagram, Brent Levette. Yep, we got Brent Levette, our hairdresser. We got Albert, you know, the, the the black guy. We got me, the Italian kid. We got the redheaded kid. We got all these crazy clothes. Whatever. I mean, the Concord was looking at us as we get on that plane like, what in the hell? are these people doing on this day? <laughs> How many seats are on the Concorde? 
Great question. I know there's no first class and coach and all that. It is one class. It's very, very narrow. And um, I want to say it was maybe, you know, two seats on each side, right? And that was it. It wasn't very big, you know. Uh, And I was heartbroken when they grounded that plane and and they took it out of flight. Um, Well, you're like one of the, you know, small handful of people that got to fly that thing. And and again- Reserved for like wealthy and like business people, and I, I think you know, I think yeah. it was like 5,000 one way for those tickets, you know. Oh, at that time, uh, at that I think time. it was more, yeah. And um, it was, it, yeah, it's crazy twist of fate. And it was so funny. I'm walking on this thing, and I go, This, I used, I was so fascinated. Like, and I remember in the first grade, I was so fascinated with that plane. Um, so cool, that was, that was cool. And then I got one more story for you that Allah loves, uh, pre. 9-11, thank God, um, <laughs> in LA, with living with Allah, and me and a friend of mine are coming into Houston, I'm going to DJ a party, and we stop in El Paso, we take back off, when we take back off, I hit the flight attendant button, and I say, can you, we're alcoholics, can we get some drinks? Joking. <laughs> and the flight attendant, she's with two other ones, and the one that had the sour puss on her face goes, you know, sir, you're going to have to like calm down, you know. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, come on, you know, look at me, right? Like, I'm not going to do anything wrong. What am I going to do? Hijack this plane with your scarf? I said that. He goes, sir, you can't say that. I go, uh, you know, something like, oh, we're just having fun. We're going to take this thing over or something like that. We're going to take this plane over. Like, if we go to a club, me, Allah, and Albert, we're going to take the club over. It was a figure of speech, right? So but you have to understand, hold on. You have to understand Damon is like a hype man. So when he says it, right. like say it how you normally would say it, Damon. Oh, come on. What are we gonna do? Take this plane over? What am I gonna do? Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> oh god. She goes to the to the captain's quarters. Bottom line is when I land in Houston, the cops are there as soon as I get off the plane, throw me against the wall, frisk me, cuff me, and take me to airport jail. <laughs> no. Yeah. And thank God the flight attendant dropped the charges because that is a felony. <laughs> and, you know, again, this was pre 9 11. If this right. post 9 11, I'd still be in prison. Oh, for sure. For with sure. Co- with Corona. With the right. Corona. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah. You had some balls. That's one of my favorites. So then I had to I had to call collect. My mom was not answering the phone for some reason. Ginger wasn't answering the phone. And I had to call my grandmother. So how about that call? You know, you have a collect call from Harris County Jail from Damon. Do you Damon. accept my poor grandmother at 10 o'clock at night and getting that call? Did they did you have to get bailed out of airport jail? Um they took me from airport jail to county. Okay. And I didn't ready to go to the big house downtown and thank God I got bailed out before going downtown. You know, and so, then did you have to reappear to like for court and no, it, but okay, you, you just got bailed out and then that was it. Yeah, you know, she dropped the charges. Okay, okay. So then it went away. But you gotta love my dad. He wanted to sue the airlines. He was so mad at me. <laughs> well, he's gotta get his miles. Yeah. He's like, Did you get your miles? Get your miles. Um, and I'm like, you know, dad, really, it's kind of a, a felony. What I was trying to say is I'm not going to hijack, right? I'm not. Of course. But you can't, listen, if you have a friend, his name is Jack, and you get on the plane, don't even say hi to him. You know what I mean? Like, you can't, <laughs> do not say those two words together. 
<laughs> oh man, that is so funny. Well, you, you have like a, between your mom being a klepto, you stealing uh, the um, the <laughs> the life preservers, and your dad trying to like sneak on as a you know get his wife to sneak do a switcheroozy. You his should daughter, all maybe like stay away from planes. Yeah, we 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 uh, we've had some crazy experiences with employers. That's been- so it's, funny. It, it's a crazy family. There's nothing. Uh, you, you, I want to put a camera on the Pampolinas, like it's a reality show, because they can't go anywhere without chaos. Something always happens. Like if we could add Nicole Tom to their mix, oh, it would be it, it would be insane, right? Now, Damon, you're married now, and how old's your son? Uh, he's 10 now. By the way, with all due respect, the cutest kid, but he's Damon times 20, okay? And I mean, like, times 20. Like, he ain't playing around. He's a hot mess, right? In yeah. a good way. As a kid, he's crazy. Yeah. Uh, me and my wife used to joke when we first met that we had a kid. He'd have very big hair and a lot of ADD. And she must be part witch because we nailed it. I mean. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he's out of, I mean, he is every, he's, I've never seen anyone like it. I was like, wow, this boy is Dame. Like, I just remember Damon running around the set and I'm going, no way. He got, he, he got karma just hit him, you know? <laughs> so, but That's you funny. have to, you have to have some really good worst dating stories, right, Damon? Cause you've been around the block several times. I got a good one for you. I've been thinking, I've been brainstorming and I thought of one after so glad I thought of this one. This is good. This is funny. Um, we're on tour with my mom because I'm <laughs> under 18. Do you know the story, Allah? You know, I, I, I think so. Go ahead. We're in Toronto, Canada at a hotel and for vanilla ice, we're opening up for vanilla and pre show. There was kind of this like meet and greet, you know, before the show. And, uh, this bombshell walks in and she's maybe like 21 and I'm 15 at the time, you know? So, uh, we exchange numbers and then we talk about getting together after the show or whatever. So I call her, I say, Hey, we'll come to the hotel. Now, unfortunately, Allah was not on that tour as the guardian. <laughs> so, uh, I'm trying to kind of find my space. Where am I going to go? Right. And, and uh, she ends up getting to the hotel and I have nowhere to really go. I don't know where I'm, you know, where everybody's kind of like tied up and parents are with them or whatever. So we end up in a stairwell. Right. Now, again, I'm 15 and I'm trying to kind of play this cool, you know. So, uh, we're, kind of, we're making out, we're doing our thing. And I hear the door open, like one flight above me. And I'm like, what the hell? Damon, are you in there? <laughs> Somebody burn me. Somebody burn me, probably Chase. And I could, or my mom has crazy intuition and found me in the stairwell. I was oh, no. so embarrassed. So embarrassed. Um, but again, we were like 15. We were babies. You know? Oh, my God. And well, very, yeah. sexu- and very sexually active. Sure. Yeah. That was- and then like when you were, when you moved back to LA after as an adult, how long were you here then? Oh, eight years. Oh, okay. Uh, so you were here like for the rest of your twenties pretty much. Yeah. Majority of my twenties. Uh, I was with Allah for a year and then went and got my own place and we jumped around LA a little bit, but yeah, we were out there for a good eight years. Uh, and what was interesting is when I first got out there, and they would read the resume, the Mickey Mouse Club, they kind of laughed at it, right? And then these careers started surfacing, and then it totally changed. You know, about two years in, it kind of changed. 
Wow. Uh, and then it ended up taking on a different life, you know. Uh, That's interesting. It was very interesting because I remember being pissed off when I would go in there and they would kind of like laugh about it. You know what I mean? And then, right. and then Carrie Russell, you know, these careers started coming up. And then, it, and then it, Britney's on the cover of Rolling Stone and everyone's like, oh, hold on. Hold right. on. Yeah. The Mickey Mouse Club took on a different uh, respect. You know? um, but yeah, I was out there for a good eight years and uh, had some, I was in acting class with Allah. That was a blast. Di- what was her name? Allah? Diane. Christine was in the class. class? I wasn't, we were in, yeah. I, you were in our class? For a little bit, he was, yeah. Was she, was it the same era? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Oh, uh, no, yeah, I think you, yeah. Uh, you might have been, sometimes, you know, maybe you were working at the time, Christine, or something. I took a couple years off, and then I would go back yeah. in, and, you yeah. know, um, I was in and out. Lindsay, Lindsay yeah. Price is in there with us, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I just texted Lindsay Price the other day. How's she doing? She's good. You know, she's married to Curtis Stone. Not enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Tiffany Hale was in our class. Well, no, Tiffany was in Stefan's class before you, Damon. Right. Yeah. I was going to say Tiffany went in there when I was in there. Right. And uh, Donnie Jeffcoat. Well, also, Christine, Gary Spatz. Was their set um, dialogue uh, coach, acting teacher on the Mickey Mouse Club? Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, so then you're an adult and you're living out in LA and like doing your thing. And I mean, tons of auditioning, working, all of that stuff, young Hollywood stuff. Um, any worst ever stories from that era of going um, into stuff and like. Yeah, I uh, up against the same person over and over and over again. Yeah, uh, w- one story was uh, Brecken Meyer, which for our viewers was the young skater guy in Clueless. Yeah, yeah, uh, I did. I did can't really wait with him. I love him. Love that guy. Um, yeah, even up screen testing with him for this great project for NBC, and me and him were just back and forth, man, with a room full of twenty suits. And I felt so good and I get out of there and he's cool and professional. And then they're teaming us up with other people and they team me up with this other kid. And we get in there and this kid's read was completely different than Brecken Myers. I mean, he just took it a totally different way and it messed me up that I, I froze. I mean, I literally just was, I'm in my head. I'm like, what in the hell is this? Which maybe that's what they wanted. They wanted to see, you know, how I could bounce back. So it was, it was, it just messed me up. Then we kept, you know, I picked it back up and got into it. And I don't know who knows, but I remember getting out of there and going, I was just so mad at myself because I was like, Oh, it was such a great script and a great opportunity. Um, and that was kind of my worst ever. And it just was, uh, you know, listen, when you're out there living in a studio apartment and you already get your contract negotiated before you screen test. Right. So you're like, this, this is it. Um, And then that goes, you know, you go up. Of course, you, I beat myself up for like two weeks, you know? Of course. Uh, and I got a ton of auditions where you just wasn't right. Or again, the casting director would say, oh, Mickey Mouse Club, blah, blah, blah. You know, Carrie Russell, da, da, da. And then the read just was not good. And I remember the look on their faces like, that was <laughs> horrible. Uh, <laughs> and you get out of there and you're just like, what was that? You know, it was an off day. It was an yeah. off day. For so sure. no specific worst evers, but there was just a few, uh, you know, 
as we all kind of had our tough days out there where you're just not on, not firing on all cylinders. But what's tough is, is when it's all on the line, um, you walk out of that casting office, you just want to slit your wrist and jump in a warm bath. Yeah. Well, you also had a problem because we're brothers. I can say this out loud, Damon. Uh-oh. You had a problem as an actor, and I'm just being completely honest, of getting out of Damon. Yeah. <laughs> it was too much Damon. So if the part wasn't looking for Damon, he wasn't getting it. And what's funny about that statement is the screen test with Breck and Meyer, that character was like written for me, right? It was one of those. Um, and it was, you know, you're like, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, there was also kind of the whole thing too of um, the stereotyping too, because of the MMC, uh, it kind of started typecasting too. Mm-hmm. It would also kind of play against. Somebody. Oh, fucking face it, dude. You weren't good. <laughs> Don't beat around the bush. I lot shoot it straight. Oh, gee. Uh, but uh, he, now, but now, guess what he's doing? What? I love this job for him. Go ahead, Damon. Well, wait. I don't know which, which, what, what. Uh... Aren't you like a DJ? Oh yeah, yeah. So we we MC. You, you don't know what you do. Well, I think you're talking about maybe my <laughs> podcast that I just started up not too long ago. Um, oh, I didn't know you started a podcast. What is it? We did a podcast uh, about just about a month ago, right when the COVID nineteen madness started. <laughs> it, it it got released. You have the worst luck. Wait, who? What podcast is it? What is it? Um, it's just me. It's just me, and we're just touching on pop culture and music and whatever. You know what I mean? It's called a tongue, oh, a tongue, a, ton- a tongue lashing. Yeah. Okay. Oh, right. nice. Um, but the, yeah, my dad, Philip Filipina Pampolina, the original. <laughs> uh, my dad started up the entertainment company in the late '80s. When I started the Mickey Mouse Club, he started up this company for for emceeing and DJing parties. So as I'm doing my thing, he started that up. So when I came back home from L.A., it was kind of a no-brainer to get involved in the, the family business. So now we're about 11 years in. of doing. Now, I've been messing with it my whole life and around it my whole life, but I started doing it full-time about 11 years ago. Um, have you, in this time, have you done any uh, virtual DJing yet? You know, it's so interesting. It, we're talking about it. There was the possibility of doing it for the Houston schools because prom, mm-hmm. uh, you know, got canceled. Oh, that's a great idea. So there, there is a lot of talk. I just put a demo together of a host for virtual corporate stuff. Um, and uh, we'll see. That's definitely yeah. probably going to be the new movement, you know. But for right now, a lot of my stuff got rescheduled for June and July, which June and July was usually slow. Mm-hmm. So May and April right now is getting moved to that. And fingers are crossed. So far, all that's still like a go. You know, is Texas what? open right now? Yes, we're slowly opening. Stuff is opening, and I couldn't be happier. Um, oh God, I'm so scared for doing, y'all. The, the way they're doing the restaurants is like they're doing it at 25 percent capacity. They're trying to keep it at like 25 to keep the social distancing, which is weird. But at least we're starting to get back to normal. You know, has LA been? <laughs> it's been pretty quiet, right? It's pretty pretty good. I mean, look, <laughs> I made. I, it's all right. I made a job, Damon, to go like I. None of my family could, first of all, my brother-in-law got COVID, uh, my sister's husband. Uh, you're trying, either Everyone's in Florida except for me, obviously. Trying to keep the family in place. I, me and my sister and my brother are doing our best to keep my parents from leaving the fucking house, right? Wow. Wow. So we're doing whatever we can. So 
My sister got sick, so she couldn't leave anywhere. So I sent her like a Lysol dream package, right? Because I've been, so I've made it my duty. I go three times a week, Monday and Wednesday, and sometimes Fridays uh, to the Walmart. I stand in line at 6 a.m. with my mask on and I wait and I try to get there before an hour to an hour 15 before they open. And usually the first one or to the first five in line. And because you never know what they're going to have on the shelves and like Lysol. So I'm like grabbing Lysol and wipes and the whole bit and I'm just mailing it out. Wow. So I just sent my brother, who's a cajillionaire and probably got a staff of 100, a fucking Lysol package, which he just got today. Right. That's what I've been doing with my time. So, yeah, I, I, I've, it's like the amazing race for COVID. I'm like looking for towels, paper goods, Lysol, tortillas for Christine. You name it. I can't find tortillas. It, I, I don't, I, what the I, deal? I, I send her pictures of tortillas every time I go. <laughs> but it's been very quiet. Huh? The streets, everything chill. Very right? quiet. Oh, nothing going on. Except for people walking and walking their dogs. You know, there's nothing going on here but the rent. Wow. All right, I'm having the worst allergies because as before you got on this podcast, I was saying that I was bitching having my like white lady bitch rant because all these people in this area, they have nothing else to do, but hire people to trim their trees. And it is like a sawdust pollen. It's like crazy. And I can't leave the house. And my kids were outside all the time. All we can do is walk. Right. You can either either inside the house we're out walking for like an, we did an hour and a half walk yesterday. Cause I was like, I gotta get out of this house. So we're like walking. I've got multiple snacks. There's like a dinner underneath the stroller. I can't, cause I, I'm like, I can't sit in the house any longer, but my allergies are like through the roof. It's crazy. Yeah. Yes. Um, no, I was saying. Your DJ friend. Ryan is a DJ and, uh, we were talking about some of the virtual stuff and he's gotten hired to do a couple virtual things. So, you know, that's cool. Um, but I was like, man, the thing is right now, it'll be different. It might be a little slower in general for the next year or so until people feel comfy and stuff is kind of back to normal. But then when it's back to normal, let me tell you something. It's on, like it's on like Donkey Kong. People are going to be like, "Ah!" like, let's do like every prom that we've missed. And there's going to be a prom every weekend. People are going to be having house parties, like it's going to be the roaring 20s again and you're going to be busier than ever. I agree. And I think there's also a movement too of kind of like, wow, now we realize how precious life is. Yes. We appreciate the norm and kind of that whole thing, like you're saying, living each day to the fullest because, oh my God, we made it through this madness. I think you're right. I think there's going to be a movement of kind of like, hey, let's celebrate and party party like it's 1999, you know? For sure. Yeah. So, and, and again, um, if June right now is, is we got stuff on the books and they're talking about doing it. And it, what's interesting is I don't know how Houston's going to do this, you know, with a hundred people, 200 people in one room. Right. Um, but, but I think they're, they're, they're moving forward with a lot of the stuff. And I just found out too, my favorite band is on their third, they're on their 30 year anniversary of their first album. They're coming to Houston in June. Um, I have great tickets and that concert is still a go. Uh, wow. The Black Crows. Really? Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Really? yeah. And, and I am ecstatic. And I've got a great story. I got a, I've got a great story about that one. Go ahead. Um, you'll love that band. Hang on real quick. I got a little boy at the door looking for my son. How about that? Hang on. Yeah, send it. 
You'll love it. Okay, so I'm in New York with a good friend of mine. We go see the Black Crows at the Beacon Theater, and somehow he works out an after party uh, in New York where the band is going to be. So, of course, if you know anything about the Black Crows and the Beacon Theater in New York, weed is legal in that, or, or at least they they let you have it. Go ahead. Hold on a second. Just so you know, when I went to AMDA, my apartment, my dorm, was above the Beacon Theater. Continue. Which oh. was above the China Club, which is, we used to sneak to the China Club through the kitchen when I was going to college, because you couldn't get in otherwise. But go the ahead. The apartment that I know, was it the apartment that I know in New York? No. It was your dorm. No. It was my dorm, my first oh. apartment. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. So, you know, the... the uh, the, the wacky tobacco is being passed around pretty heavily at the concert at the Beacon, right? So me and my buddy are partaking. We get to the after party, and I had a whole speech in mind that if I was able to tell Chris Robinson, the lead seeker, what I wanted to tell him, I had this whole speech played out of, you know, listen, man, we enjoy your music so much. You guys <laughs> music, and it's just awesome. Please don't stop creating this music that we all love, right? This is kind of what I had played out of my head. So we get to the after party. There he is. This is out of a movie. And my buddy goes, dude, there he is. You know, go tell him. So I go to the bar, a little stoned, a little, um, a little kind of uh, <laughs> starstruck. And I go, Chris. And he goes, yeah. I go, don't stop. <laughs> and that's it. Don't stop. Don't stop. That's, that's all it. came out. What did he say? But now, wait a minute. Hang on, I gotta get this. Wait, watch this. No. Oh, shit. He's such an idiot. Probably, probably a good two years later, my girlfriend in LA at the time is working for Pete Angelis, the manager of the Black Crows. I proceed to tell, of course, my girlfriend at the time, this story, right? So this is a good two years later, maybe three years later. So for my birthday, I get from a show at the Roxy, Chris Robinson, Damon, don't stop. (laughs) (laughs) Damon, do me a favor. Take a picture of that so we can put it on our Instagram. You got it. That is so funny. In full circle. Um, I was totally starstruck. But yeah, so they're back to the COVID nineteen thing. Supposedly, man, like that show is still going June out here. So I'm ecstatic about. That. I don't think I don't think that's going to happen. I don't either because I heard all concerts were getting pushed to next year, right? Yeah, yeah. I heard. Yeah, maybe yeah. they'll do a virtual thing. I don't know. Um, Who wants? I'm tired of the virtual shows. Okay, I'm well, into it. Okay, I, I'm really Covetina. No, it's Covida. Whatever. Get it straight. And then second of all, like <laughs> right don't, be, don't be mad at me. Well, no, I'm mad because like Real Housewives of Atlanta reunion is going to be fucking like this weird virtual like we're doing right now. It's going to be like the Brady Bunch with the reunion. I'm like, no, you can't do it like that. They got to be in the same room. How are they going to fight? How are they going to fight each other? I know. They're going to be muting each one and then trying. It's going to be. They're editing it right now. They already shot it. I love the Black Crows. The um, My First Kiss was to one of their songs. Which one? It will always be. She talks to angels. Yeah, baby. I was, I was slow dancing in a pool. Because that's what you do when you're in sixth grade. Slow dancing. Who was your first kiss with? His name was uh, Blair Underwood. But it's not what you're thinking. It's not what Okay, I was like, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Was I he wish. an actor? 
No, he was just like this kid. He had a bowl cut. He was a ginger. Um, <laughs> he was in my class. We were at a, like a, a friend's yeah, party. He was a redhead and it was a bowl. It was a bowl cut. We're talking like mm, 1990? Wow, 1990. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it well, was in LA. It was in LA, huh, No, it was in Atlanta. It was before I had even come out to LA before Step which, by, by Step. By the was in way, sixth that's, grade. that's where they're from. The band. I know. It's very exciting. I saw them at the Paula Casino and Resorts a few years ago. Ooh, how was that? Why they were randomly playing there. They were great. They're always really great. So um, Chris Robinson seemed a little pissed. He wasn't, yeah. he wasn't really happy about, I think, the sound. Well, someone, probably, well, someone probably just went up to him and said, don't stop. Don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, what the fuck does that mean? He's like, in his yeah, head no, he's, like, he's like, huh? <laughs> that is exactly what, the, what He just looked at me like, Get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> um, oh, man, that's great. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. I was, I was, I, I, again, beat myself up for a couple of days. I was like, man, it was my chance. I blew it. Oh, now, man. honestly, I, I'm just curious real quick, and we'll end this soon because I know you got to get back to your family. But uh, I'm curious, how did you keep your wife in the sense of like, no, I know Damon. He's fucking crazy. And then girls are like, all right, enough. Like she's got to have patience, this woman. I I actually wanted her to get on here a little bit, but she said no um, due to COVID nineteen here. Uh, <laughs> real quick on that story, when I met her in Miami, oh you'll love this. This is good. When I met her in Miami, um, I was good friends with her roommate first, and then I met her, and she was totally my type, so I was all about it. But the, all her friends were trying to discourage because I was out of my mind in South Beach, single, going nuts at 30, 30 years old. So. Um, one night, long story short, we ended up making out the club. We start hanging out a little bit. The friend's trying to discourage. And the friend says, look, you don't even know anything about this guy. Like, why don't you look him up, Google him, you know, and see if he's a mass murderer. <laughs> he knew nothing about my past and I never said anything about my past. So she goes to Google and it's, not, listen, this is 15 years ago. So it's obviously not the way it is now. But mm-hmm. some stuff came up and Mickey Mouse Club and the party and this stuff starts coming up. And she's like, what the hell is this? She had no idea. So uh, it was kind of this crazy twist of fate, which was great because she had no idea. She didn't know. There was no prejudging. And then I wasn't really at my best. <laughs> I wasn't at my best at that time in my life. I'll just say that. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> a lot of that's what I'm talking about. Um, it, and a little too much. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, she saw, I, God bless her, I think she saw some good in me and, and she decided to stay by my side, which then motivated me to try to, how can I say that, you know, prove myself to her over the mm-hmm. years. But Allah is right. The immense amount of patience on so many levels, uh, <laughs> it takes a lot. It takes a lot. Hey, and we're 10 years, it'll be 11 years this September. That That's we've been amazing. Playing. Yeah, it's crazy. And wait, is she from Miami? She is from New York originally, Queens, but okay. moved to Miami when she was like seven. Uh, Puerto Rican, Dominican. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, yeah, you got to sleep with one eye open with that one. <laughs> well, you have heard of Lorena Bobbitt, right? Exactamundo. I think she was like. <laughs> uh, 
You may well, have, somebody's got to keep you in line. It's going to be her. If you want some comedy, I'll uh, maybe get her on next time. Or if you have wives on or something, let, give her about two minutes and she'll tell you some stories. When we first met and I was running around Miami, um, that you'll, you'll die. You'll, you will crack up, especially coming from her. Um, one of the favorites is she, her, her friends were telling her, don't, don't, don't. She walks into a club. I'm on the bar with the water gun, you know, from the bar. Dance. <laughs> <laughs> Like out of control. Um, yeah, he's he's like he is he is the Cajun slash country Jersey Shore. He's <laughs> that cat. Okay. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like he's that. Yeah, I feel you. And wherever he goes, it doesn't matter. He's got to get the party started. Do you know what I mean? He's that guy. That's he's that, that guy. Um, Jersey Shore, baby. I love it. I love it, Damon. You're a delight. Well, thank you for having me on. You guys yes. are awesome. Love, love your your platform. I think this is hilarious. I think it's thank where you. where can the fans find you, Damon? What's that? Where can the fans find you? Uh, let's see, man. So, tongue lashing is the podcast that's out there. It's on all the the platforms for the podcast. And um, Damon P. Pampolina on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, I think the the message of today is don't stop. Don't stop, everyone. Just keep doing what you're doing. You're amazing. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. As always, I'm Christine Lakin. You can find me at Yo Lakin. And I'm Al uh, Khaled. You can find me at Alec Led. Don't ask. We're going to rectify this. You got to oh, do Alec it for me. Thing. You got to fucking do it for me. Just leave me alone. Jesus. I love you. I, I love you. I, lo- I love you. COVID is like, she's mean. What happened to, yeah, I don't know what happened to like, no, Corona's Corona's nicer, but I think Quarantina might be nice. We'll meet her soon. Okay. Can't wait. No, I'm in a I'm in a good space with the pandemic. I'm in sure, a good sure, place. Sure, 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 sure. You're great. Okay. Everyone's great. We're just doing yeah. great. It's great. Yeah. We're all doing great. Yeah. I'm great. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. We are Worst Ever Podcast. You can find us at Worst Ever Podcast and Worst Ever PC. And thanks for listening. We'll hear you next time. Stay you safe. can buy merch at WorstEverPodcast.com. Yeah. <laughs> we'll hear you next time. Bye. Bye. The worst moments of our life. Hey, girl. Hey, that's bad. Uh, so speaking of like worst ever experiences. That is the worst ever. I don't feel so good. And that was my worst audition ever. How bad can it be? <laughs> when we feel the pain is best or funny. 